Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. There we go. Fucking nailed it. I know, right? Well done. Like, yeah, hi, I listened. I was there. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what's uh, what's going on, Michelle? I'm drinking this delicious drink. Ooh, oh, let's just just jump into it. I know. Well, this may be the first, we'll see, of a series of taking iconic Disneyland drinks and making them alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) Taking the happiest place on earth drinks and making it for adults. That just sounds right. Feels right. Uh, so this first one is the famous Dole Whip, which mm-hmm. we were both talking about. We both make a point of having a Dole Whip anytime we're in Disneyland. Yeah. So, of course, that's a famous pineapple soft serve. Mm-hmm. But so we put together to make a drink. We saw this kick-ass video that we then turned alcoholic. So <laughs> it's frozen pineapple, um, canned coconut milk, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, we added a little bit of rum, like that silver rum, and... White rum. White rum. Excuse me. I think it's either one. Okay. I think you can call it. I thought silver was like for tequila. Fuck you, Karen. I'm just... No one... You're probably absolutely right. White rum. <laughs> and, and then we added a little whipped rum. No, my God. Whipped vodka. Whipped vodka. <clears throat> Whipped vodka. And actually, I added a little crushed pineapple, too, for a little sweetness. Yeah. Because it came in heavy syrup. So, we word it all up into a delightful, frothy drink that we are now... In coconut milk? You see that? Yeah. Oh, a okay. can, out of a can. So, we yeah. used about half a can to one bag of frozen pineapple. Right. And that made a good-sized blender worth... It's probably four servings. Yeah. It was two servings in these cute little pineapple glasses we have. Yeah, not so little, but... But we're making our way through them. Yeah, they're delicious. They are really good. Yeah. So uh, you can see that recipe on our Instagram and Facebook. Um, So, yeah. So what's the next Disney drink going to be? We know, but stay tuned. You don't, suckers. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's going to be good. It's going to be a little bit of an experiment. Yeah. So we're going to have to make it up because there's not really a recipe for the drink we want to make. Right. And I've never had it before, so Mm. non-alcoholic either. Dun-dun-dun. Woo! Cliffhanger. Um, So you got a little story to tell us? I do have a little story. It's about a survivor. Oh. That's why we're here. Big surprise. (laughs) Yes. Um, All right, so... So what year is this? This is 1995. Okay. That was the year I graduated high school. Little... Mm little tidbit there yeah so this story is about kenny vaughn kenny vaughn and not to be mistaken by the american artist i mean the american guitarist from the fabulous superlatives so it's not the same okay you know what when i was trying to when i was looking it up i found mm-hmm. well i spelled vaughn wrong in the first place so i found a race car driver oh. I was wondering if that's who you were going to talk about nope then i realized my mistake and then i found a whole bunch of music videos yes when i was looking up this straw is loud that is loud we have little metal straws sorry about it i'm gonna be obnoxious with it Kaylin, yours is like almost full shut yeah very sustainable these straws Good yeah job, see Kaylin. we're saving the earth with metal straws <laughs> all right 1995 in north carolina all right uh, kenny is coming home one evening 
And he's around 40 years old. Okay, I was just going to ask. There's not definitive how old he was around his 40s. All right. So once Kenny got out of his minivan to head inside, someone pulled right behind him in a van as well. Uh, so was, was he like parked in his driveway? Yeah, his driveway oh, okay. at his house. But someone parked right behind him. So they're in their dri- his driveway too. Oh my god. I'd already be losing my fucking shit. Someone even parks anywhere near the house and I'm watching him like a hawk with Charlie <laughs> like just barking away and <laughs> oh, poor things. So the man hops out and in his hand is a twenty two caliber rifle. Uh and Kenny recognizes this man as a former neighbor. Okay. Kenny tries to run inside because there's a gun. Yeah, <laughs> and, I kind of uh, know shit. Maybe your fight or flight, you know, yeah, kicks in. Yeah, exactly. And... So his was flight, so he yeah. started to run. But he gets shot in his right leg and falls to the ground. <gasps> oh my gosh, not even hesitating. No. Good lord. The man steps five feet away and open fires. With him on the ground? With him on the ground, yes. Oh my gosh. Kenny tries to crawl under his minivan just to get a break from all the stings he feels from every bullet entering his body. Kenny states, you're thinking clearer than you ever thought in your life. I don't know if it's the adrenaline or just the will to live. You want to live more than anything in the world and you know you have no control. I ask the Lord to not hit me in my heart and head. Aww. The gunman emptied out uh, the gun and was starting to reload. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kenny saw this, was able to pull himself to his feet, and got to the hood of his minivan before he was knocked down again by a shot to the abdomen. Oh, my God. The gunman, again, five feet away, unloaded the gun into Kenny. <gasps> The last shot entered his groin area and exited through his rectum. Oh my god. This is leaving him laying in a pool of blood and feces with 20 bullets in him. (gasps) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The gunman flees and Kenny is still conscious. He states, I wouldn't close my eyes. I kept telling myself, if you close your eyes, you'll go into shock and you're dead. Oh my god. So he's fighting to stay conscious, has God knows how many bullets in him. 20. And, 20, well, 20 and yeah. is sort of laying, or is he on the ground again? Yeah, he's on the ground. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> Kenny said that he had an out-of-body experience. He felt as though he was watching himself being shot from 15 feet away. So he was like 15 feet away watching him being shot. Mm. Like he had this weird... I've had that happen. Really? Yeah, I don't what? know. What? Uh, I was in a car accident <gasps> when I was 16, uh-huh. and I was driving at the time. And we was were that just... with a broken, your friend broke their back? Yes, that was that incident. Um, no, I was driving, I wasn't going over the speed limit, I wasn't, you know, I mean, I was 16, I no alcohol, no drugs, mm-hmm. nothing were involved. We were on our way to the store to buy eggs to make brownies. I mean, this was a very <laughs> wholesome brownies? trip. Not even oh, special brownies. Okay. Regular old brownies. And it had just started to rain, and for some reason, my car went off the road. I mean, I was, I, I was probably driving too fast. I, but I'm sorry, I was, was it snowy? Did no, it, was no just, it, was... it had just started raining. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And this was in California, so the weather was warm, and I, I wasn't really speed. I was doing like 25 or something. But anyway, I went around a curve, 
went off the road and at that point I just sort of went out of my body mm-hmm. and I was like watching myself essentially drive into a tree. Oh my god. It was very strange uh-huh. and very it's like I almost had no control. I was just completely out of oh. myself and then it happened and you know we I hit the tree and hit it pretty hard and I just like it took me a minute to even figure out what the fuck had happened mm-hmm. and because I was just so out of myself and just watched it happen and then I sort of came back in came to and that's crazy and we were out in the middle of nowhere oh. and within five minutes uh, an emergency vehicle drove by and oh, stopped wow. and saved us called all the people we needed and got an ambulance there and did you go to the hospital Yes, all four of us went to the hospital. The two girls in the back seat had broken their backs, and oh. one had a lot of internal injuries. Oh, it was just. What did you have? I um. Well, I had the. My biggest injury was the muscle on my. Like whiplash. No, it was. Um, I had a big burn across uh-huh. my chest from the seatbelt. Uh, but I had like the muscle off my shoulder blade, like detached <gasps> and Ew. it was, yeah, it was very, I still, it still pains me today after really? you know, well, yeah, 25 so... years. Um, but it just sort of popped out and, and so I had a big lump on my back for the longest time, really? but that was really, that's the main injury that kind of sticks with me, Yeah. but no, nowhere near what happened to the girls in the backseat. And unfortunately, it was because they were wearing their seatbelts. If they had not been wearing their seatbelts, they probably would have been fine. I've heard but... some people say I, they survived because they didn't have their seatbelt on. And I've heard some that did survive because, I mean... Mm-hmm. Well, it's just because they were lap belts. It was before the days that oh, everybody crossover. had the crossovers. And, you know, it was an old Ford. And right. so every, they were wearing their lap belts in the back. And the impact with just the lap belts or what. Oh, interesting. Broke okay. their backs, unfortunately. So. So they upgraded the seatbelts. Yeah. Yeah. No, they have, <laughs> they have since upgraded the seatbelts since then. Wow. But, yeah. So I just remember it was such a weird. I was completely out of my body yeah. when we hit the tree. I wonder if it is like an adrenaline or like a shock thing trying to... I yeah, maybe it was just like... I don't know what it was. It was... Because it's like I knew it was going to happen mm-hmm. and I almost did nothing to react. It was very... That's interesting. I just drove right into it. It was very strange. Huh. I did break. Tried to. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. You're just like, ah! Yeah. Let's just go. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Uh, so that's, yeah. That was awful. Drive safe, guys. Drive safe. Yes. Um, sorry. sorry. No, it's fine. The ambulance were called, thankfully, because he has neighbors and <laughs> with all those gunshots. My goodness. Yeah. And uh, he ha- went into operation. And they said his survival was unlike anything they've ever seen. The bullets missed his vital organs, and two of them were less than an inch away from his heart. Oh my goodness! He had gunshot wounds on his in his chest, groin, abdomen, and all of his extremities. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I can't even imagine. But he had, but there was not one lethal injury, and he thanks God for saving him. Mm. One of the doctors that operated on Kenny says that if 
If a gunshot victim's heart is still beating when they arrive at the hospital, there's a 95% chance of survival. Oh, okay. So that's good. Yeah. Right? I guess they can sew you up and get you all put back together. Maybe like blood transfusions or something. I mean, that's what the doctor says. So gunshots, roughly 80% of the targets on the body would not be fatal. So 80%. You can get hit over 80% of your body and it's not going to kill you. Exactly. But anybody who is shot is lucky to be alive anyways. But that's kind of good. I mean, I mean, 80%, that's pretty good, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't even, like, how that even happened where he got shot 20 times and still managed to make it out and none of his vital organs were hit. Yeah. Yeah, especially like especially when you got shot in the chest, like point blank, five feet away. So do we know why this neighbor had such a vendetta against poor Kenny here? Yes, we'll get into that. So we said that Kenny was very lucky because the gunman did use a twenty two caliber rifle, which um, looking at the muzzle velocity, which is the speed of a projectile from a gun okay. at the end of the barrel. So a... Twenty-two rifle has between a hundred and uh, one thousand sixty to one thousand eighty-five uh, pounds of energy behind it. Oh, jeez! So that's the velocity. Okay. So that's fast and hard. It's fast and hard. <laughs> but if it was a thirty caliber handgun, then that would be twelve hundred to seventeen hundred. A muzzle velocity. So, so he maybe didn't use the strongest gun. That exactly. He so could it was have. a lower powered weapon. Mm. That's what I'm trying to say. A lo- I was trying to be fancy, but to the, at the end <laughs> of it, it's just a lower power weapon. So he was very lucky in that part. There, the gunman is not named. Mm. It sounds like uh, he. Do you survive? Was, is he still on the loose? So so. Hmm. Uh. So he's mentally ill. Oh, no. Um, so I'm guessing it went to mental court, and usually they, I guess, are kind of quiet by it. I did find a tweet from mm. 2013 where Kenny writes, I was shot August 1995 by a man hearing voices. The man is in Nashville, Tennessee. He's not. He's free, not having to let anyone know. I was shot 21 times. He oh, says 21 times. So, so he's out and about living his life and not having to disclose the fact to his neighbors that he shot up another neighbor yeah. in the past. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, not even the news. Like, not even... I couldn't find anything other than oh. the, the, the guitar person, the guitarist <laughs> and... Um, and that ain't him. It's not him. And so it's just, I guess that's really sad because it sounds like he, you know, he's now in his 60s. Mm. Um, but not, it sounds like he didn't get justice. I was going to say, he didn't get the justice yeah. that he was probably hoping for. They didn't name him the gunman and he's free right now. So I'm guessing he didn't get that much time or he just went into a mental hospital mm. for a while. Um, it's uncertain. It's not disclosed but sounds a little schizophrenic i mean it, hearing right. voices that always scream schizophrenia exactly especially uh. like a, it was an old neighbor it's just like i don't know if they had he didn't say they had any bad blood or anything like that well you know with paranoid schizophrenics there mm-hmm. needs to be none i mean right it's completely so much of it is just in their head right. unfortunately yeah so. But it sounds like, you know, well, he survived, and that's 
and he was been in a few magazines t- talking about his story. Hmm. Um, so everything he talked about is what I just reported. And I found his tweet because that's all I could find, really. Hmm. Um, I even went on the court records in North Carolina and I couldn't find anything. Maybe I just am a shitty researcher. Could Investigator? Be. Yeah. God, like, Caitlin. Like Probably. <laughs> No, it's probably like right there, but I couldn't find <laughs> I couldn't find anything, and I looked for a long time, and then I just gave up. So <laughs> You're like, forget it. There's nothing. There's nothing. I I found a tweet from 2013. That's all I got. Um, I can't say what schizophrenia feels like because I don't have it, but like they had a video of what it is like from like mm. the camera's point of view. So it's like you, I mm. guess, and it's weird because yeah, you hear like just like quick voices and it's just like it's interesting Mm. it's scary yeah i remember we had one guy that we worked with and he listened to the radio Uh and felt like he came up in a very threatening way and was like why are you guys talking about me on the radio and it was like we had contacted the radio station in order to have the radio station play these songs that were intended to be mean towards this guy we worked with oh and it's like we were just doing it all on purpose and we were just being a bunch of assholes and trying to threaten him with all these songs and we're like what are you talking about we're listening to the radio yeah and you know turns out he was kind of off his medication for a little while and got a little Mm. got a little wild that's interesting so yeah he got it was kind of scary yeah a little bit because he thought we were out to harm him. Right. And so he got a little threatening in return. Mm. And so that was no good. God, you had an interesting life. It's <laughs> <laughs> like not, I guess so. <laughs> I got all kinds of shit to say. Yeah, I have no I have no stories about this. Like, so. Bitch, if you tell another fucking story. <laughs> I was like, I saw a video. Well, my my neighbor. Or, <laughs> yeah. This happened firsthand. Like, okay. All right. So, okay, wait. So my story... As it ends, he survived. Unfortunately, he didn't feel like he got the justice he deserved, but hopefully he went on and lived, a, you know, the rest of... Happy, healthy happy, life. Happy, healthy life, yeah. Well, I'm glad he didn't die. Yeah, And right? I'm amazed he took that many bullets. 20! Can you imagine? No, I can't even imagine. Like, it didn't say he felt any pain, just the stings of them entering his body. So I'm, be- I'm guessing, like, all the other survivors... They didn't feel any pain because of the, like, the adrenaline or from watching, you know, from away or... I think it, you just go into some shock and right. your body and your brain just does everything it can to protect you. Yeah. Ugh, it's amazing. The human body just astounds me yeah. and the human spirit astounds me and... It's all amazing. Yeah. We're amazing. <laughs> Good job. Good, Good job, job humans. <laughs> all right, Michelle. Okay, let's get into your story now. All right. Well, we're going to move away from humans oh. a little bit. Well, kind of. That was the only way I could think of to segue. Okay. But this is, I guess it's probably very controversial because, you know, okay. was it faked? Was it not? But... What is this? So this is the story of a UFO sighting. Ooh. I know. Ooh. Ooh. Aliens. Okay. So this is the story of the Falcon Lake events. Okay. So this happened in Falcon Lake, which is in Manitoba. I hope I said that right. Now I feel sure. like yeah. Sounds right. I don't okay. Know. It's up in Canada. Oh, okay. So we're in Canada. This is the story of Stefan Mikolak. Okay. And we're going back to May twentieth, nineteen sixty seven. Okay, we're going back. 
So Stefan is um, an industrial uh, mechanic and an amateur geologist. So okay. and <laughs> he's, a hobby. Yeah, okay. he has a hobby. So he's out panning near the Falcon Lake. Okay. So he's panning for quartz and silver while he's out there. Sounds good. Uh, he was kind of out there minding his own business alone, and all of a sudden, a like a gaggle of gooses or geese like starts chattering all okay. of a sudden and sort of takes flight. So he's startled by this as all of a sudden this like loud noise coming from these geese. Okay. And he looks up to see two hovering objects or in front of him. And they're both glowing red. Like right in front of him? Uh about like hundred and fifty feet away. Oh my gosh. And so they're um I think they are over the lake, but it didn't actually really say. So they're so, not up in the sky. They're actually like hovering. They're hovering over, over it. Over okay. it. Yeah. Wow. And so one takes off, okay. and then the other one sort of lands closer to him. Ooh! So it, yeah, it's sort of so it's hovering over the ground now, and so he decides to head on over to investigate. I mean, what this thing is? Did you see how big they were compared <clears throat> to him? Yes. So I guess they were cigar shaped, but as it landed, it sort of morphed into more of a flying saucer shape. Okay. And it was 35 feet in diameter. Wow. So 35 feet across. Okay. And he started to get closer to it and got to the point where he could actually reach out and touch it. Oh! So. Would you? See. Would you go out reach out and touch it? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like, part of me so much wants like. A contact with an alien somehow, right. but then the thought of it terrifies me, and I'd probably pass out dead. Right. Like, should this happen? So I guess there was a lot of lights going, and it was like kind of a light show, and he thought it was some sort of military experimental craft. Oh, so he so didn't even think of aliens. He didn't think of aliens. Oh. So he went up, and it was all lit up and there was like all these lights going on and then as he got closer sort of a hatch opened (gasps) and he could see it and he could hear the whirring of motors and he could hear sort of voices inside Uh but never actually saw anything and so he got up close to it and he touched it Uh and his glove instantly melted what yeah, so he was wearing gloves for panning. Uh-huh. He touched it, it melted. And then at that point, it sort of tipped up and took off. So, uh-huh. and the force of it taking off, uh-huh. like, knocked Stefan way back. Okay. And so after that, he was like, what? That was crazy. And yeah. sort of pulled himself together and decided to head home. So he went to his motel where he was staying. And then he was feeling worse and worse. And so he decided to go home at that point. And his son recalls him coming home looking just really, really haggard. Okay. And he went into his room. And what he said was, when I walked into his bedroom, there was a huge stink in the room. Oh. It was a really horrible aroma of sulfur and burnt motors. And it was all around and coming out of his pores. What? It was bad. So... He smelled really bad, uh-huh. and then he started, and he had this very strange burn on his, like, torso. Okay. So, it was a grid-like pattern. So, it was like, 
25 squares, essentially. What? Like, in a square. Here, I've got a picture of it. Okay. You want to see? Yeah. Um, so, you had a grid on his chest. Did he ever take a shower? <laughs> like, I would get that shit off of me. Uh, I, You know what? I don't know. Maybe he did. Here's the picture of him. So, that's the grid burn. That's so weird. So, so it's, yeah, it's on his stomach. Yeah, and it ended up it ended up being, like, sort of raised red sores. So, over the next couple days, he just gets sicker and sicker. So, he's getting severe headaches, nausea, weight loss, blackouts, Whoa. and diarrhea. So oh, my gosh. Pretty much, he has all the symptoms of radiation sickness. Okay, and okay. But he goes to the doctors, and the doctors cannot find anything wrong with him. So they can't find any radiation or anything. They can't find any reason why he has these symptoms. Mm -hmm. And eventually the burns go away, and he starts to sort of recover from what happened. Okay. And... Do you say how long it took him to recover? Well, it took... It was a few months. Oh, a few Um, months. And so... He eventually goes back to work, and then nine months after the incident happened, um, he collapses at work. Oh, And okay. he goes to the doctor, and those burns are back. Oh, they're back? Yeah, so they had gone away uh-huh. and sort of healed, and now the burns are back for Weird. whatever reason. okay. So... His doctor refers him to the Mayo Clinic, uh-huh. and so he goes... And they check him out. They do all these things. And then he goes home and he's not getting his results, not getting his results. He is getting bills, though, from the Mayo Clinic, which he proceeds to pay. But still no response as to what's wrong with him. Okay. And so he gets in touch with the Mayo Clinic and they're like, we've never heard of you. (gasps) There's no record of you. What? We never saw you. And he's like, I have all this documentation. You guys have billed me. I have my documentation from when I went. I have my documentation of, you know, follow-ups yeah. and all this stuff. And they're like, no, we've never heard of you. And that pretty much is where it ended. He what? never found out what was wrong with him. Uh-huh. The burns, I guess, occasionally come back from time to time. And no one knows anything that happened. So they went back. The, they had investigators go see the site of where um, this, you know, supposed landing happened. Right. Because now everyone's like, yeah, right, you know, none of this shit right. happened. And what they found was there was a big area that was um, like 15 feet in diameter uh-huh. that was completely devoid of any moss or small plants or any sort of vegetation. Oh. And it was highly uh, radiated. <gasps> Irradiated? I don't know how you say that. I don't know. I think it's irradiated. Anyway, it's got a lot of radiation coming from that point. And there was moss and vegetation growing all around it in the sites all around it, except for there. And they um, found his gloves in his clothes because, oh, what I forgot to say is he actually caught fire when he got pushed back by the engine. I know. He just... He got fire and he pulled off his clothes. That's why he had the burns. What? They well, they think it's he thinks it's from like the ship. Right. So it, okay. in that that was like, like when he touched it. Not when he touched it when it took off. Oh. So when it sort of tilted and then the engines turned on or whatever, it sort of shot a blast out and so he burned caught fire him. though. Yeah, he, he caught fire at that. Okay. He patted it out, pulled his clothes off, hopped in his truck and took off. Oh, okay. And so they found that and all they could figure out was that it had it was 
highly radioactive, but that was really kind of where it ended. <laughs> so there was radiation on the ground in his clothes, but no radiation on, on, him. on him. Right. That's weird. Even though he was suffering from all the symptoms of being radiated. You right. Know, and to this day, it's actually one of the most credible UFO sightings in Canada. Oh. Um, but because he never wavered on his story. He has sort of the artifacts, the gloves and the clothes and things to sort of back him up. Mm-hmm. But there was never any proof of what happened. Did they happened. investigate the Mayo Clinic or whatever? Well, what I think happened, uh-huh. of course, we were talking about the men in black. Yes, is yes. I think someone went behind him and sort of like told erased them. it, if you will, right. a little bit. But no, they just, they claim that they've never seen him or know who he is or something anything. had to have happened someone had to come to them yeah like, there's just no way they give all his documents nope no, no sorry know. you're stop calling yeah no and he paid his bills yeah and like... everything and and nothing so, got nothing, nothing from it well no. I mean it like, sounds like they couldn't figure it out anyways cause yeah. we don't have alien technology <laughs> <laughs> oh he drew a picture of it so that's oh wow that's the sketch of it that's a flying saucer. Yeah, totally. Like, that's like the a... thing. It's like there's so many sightings of saucers that we can't make it up, right? I don't know. Oh, I know. Like, don't even get me okay. started. Like, <laughs> I just feel like the evidence is so overwhelming at this yeah. point that they just need to tell us that they've been hiding UFOs this whole time. And yes, there's aliens. Right. He noted that a door was open on the side with bright lights inside, and Mm -hmm. he heard voices muffled by the sound of the craft. He said he called out, offering mechanical help to the Yankee boys if they needed it. He's in Canada. He thinks it's U.S. military technology. Oh, I see. The voices went quiet and did not answer, so he tried in his native Polish, then Russian, and then finally in German. Okay. So he was trying to communicate with them. Okay, so he knows some languages. Yeah. He's, well, no, he was, um, what was he in Poland? I want to say he was like an engineer. He's a smart guy. I mean, he right. definitely was not, you know, just some whack job. He claims he went closer and noted the smooth metal of the ship with no seams. He then looked into the bright doorway, pulling on the welding goggles he used to protect his eyes while per- while chipping at rocks during his prospecting. Inside, Stefan said he saw lights and light beams and panels of various colored flashing lights, but could not see anyone or any living thing. When he stepped away, three panels slid across the door opening and sealed it. He reached to touch the craft, which he said melted the fingertips of the gloves he was wearing. The craft began to turn counterclockwise, and Stefan said he noticed a panel that contained a grid of holes. Shortly afterwards, he was struck in the chest by a blast of air or gas that pushed him backwards and set his shirt and cap ablaze. Wow. So, and then it lifted off and flew away. Like, that's the thing. I'd be so upset, like, if that happened and no one believed me. Oh, I know. Just like, I'm not crazy. I promise. What would you do if you saw a UFO? I, I probably, okay, when they say, like, fight, flight, or flee, uh-huh. I think I would freeze. <laughs> I, will just, I will take the fourth option. Yeah, the fourth I'm just, I think that's probably what right? would happen to me. Because that's I what happens when I saw a ghost. <gasps> what? I was... Okay. I yeah, was, let's hear the whole story. Let me get my drink. All right. Okay, I'm ready. I was 12 years old. All right. And I was at my grandma's house, and the, um, the lady before her died in the bedroom. 
Mm, creepy already. So I'm doing a little paint by number on the dining table. Adorable. As, as you do. <laughs> and I had a feeling that someone was watching me. Like I I had a feeling that someone was watching me. So I looked down the hallway and there was a bathroom and the bathroom's connected to the bedroom. Mm. So down the hall is the bathroom. And then I look down this hallway, and in the bathroom, there's a woman standing there. I have total goosebumps. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's an old lady, and she's standing there. Is she just looking at you? She just we're just staring at each other. Oh my god! Like I'm getting goosebumps. I know. Uh, I just remember it so clearly. And we're just I just stare. We're just staring at each other, and finally. She walks into the bedroom. Like, she just turns and walks to the bedroom. And then I ran the other way. The worst, like, all I can... Yeah. Goosebumps all up and down my whole arms. And that's the thing. I just... I was just frozen. Like, I couldn't move. I was so terrified. Like, there was this lady. And then she just disappears into the bedroom. So what did your grandma have to say? She's like, oh, yeah, that's the that's the old lady who used to live here. What? Yeah, because, okay, so she always played with the curtains in the living room. And my grandma one time yelled at her because it would keep moving. And she's like, stop moving them. And it would, <gasps> and it stopped. grandma is way braver than me. I would have burned the house to the ground <laughs> and moved out of state. No, I saw her again. Again, I was 12 and I was walking down the hallway. No, I was washing my hands. And I was looking down the hallway, and I saw I watched I thought was my grandma walk into the kitchen. Hmm. So I come out, and I turn into the kitchen, and she's not there. She's actually still in the living room, just it wasn't sitting. It wasn't my grandma. It was someone <gasps> who was walking right by. It's so twice I saw this lady, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with this. <laughs> oh, but I never saw her ever again. Like twelve was like the golden age, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I saw her twice, and it freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, no, I that was. So, did you spend the night at your grandma's house after that? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've always. I was like, like, sorry, grandma. Either you move, or yeah. I'm never coming to see you again. No, I guess was it. I feel like my grandma said she had like a psychic come through, and she said that the lady left, and there was nothing. Oh, so you didn't have anything happen after uh-uh. that? Uh uh-uh. uh <sighs> So, and then she moved. Then they moved out of there, anyways. But. It was really weird. It was, uh, that's a thing. Like, my boyfriend, Nicholas, I love him to death. Fiance. My fiance. Oh my gosh, that's right. My fiance. (laughs) He doesn't believe in any of this stuff. Any of it. I think he believes in aliens. Like, there has to be something else out there. But but not necessarily like they're hanging out on Earth. Oh, no, no, no. He doesn't think they're on (laughs) Earth chilling with us. And he doesn't think there's ghosts around either he doesn't believe in ghosts and it makes me so mad one thing i've heard is that it's not ghosts that it's essentially the same place but a different time so it's like the two realities are sort of coming together Uh and so they're just going about their lives but why were we staring at each other well she was probably seeing you and like what is this little girl ghost doing in my fucking house paint by number on the dining room table yeah no she's gotta go this is scary as shit i had to run into the i gotta go (laughs) she probably went in and told her husband that she just saw this little girl and then i ran away so she came back and then i was gone and she was gone whoa how crazy would that be that would be so crazy Uh, wow so that's a theory unless it's a demon right is that the difference fuck demons okay i don't actually believe in demons but i kind (gasps) of do in they're just scary and i want no part of it just in case they are real so you wouldn't want to do ouija board fuck no there's no way no i did one when i was little Uh uh-huh 
with my friends and all that came out like we uh we spelled out bloody mary uh-huh. and i was already so terrified of bloody mary right. that it was like i was I'm fucking out. done forever okay no it scared the shit out of me and then my mom found out and kind of gave me a hard talking to that you, don't you never know that. there's other shit out there yeah exactly that... just you never know yeah you never know we'll turn to a fun conversation <laughs> Just uh, wait until my Halloween one. I've got oh, all kinds of stuff coming. Okay, that's a long yeah. ways away. I know, I know. I almost told it today, oh, but really? I decided to wait till. Okay, well, we. It's till so Halloween. creepy. It's Ooh. so creepy. Okay. Well, come back in October. <laughs> 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 no, that was a good story. It's. I mean, it's weird. It's creepy. Well, it's just the fact that the burns sort of went away and then came, came back. back. And he ended up dying in 1999. I didn't see why. Um, so he went on to live, mm-hmm. you know, you know, pretty full life, it sounded like. But he did. He never made any money from his story. I mean, it right. wasn't. Um, he did write a pamphlet, but it didn't really... I, like, he barely covered his costs or something. Right. Um, and his son is actually sort of taken on the charge and has oh, written okay. some, a book about it. Oh, um, wow. Oh, here's the book. Uh, when They Appeared, Falcon Lake, 1967, The Inside Story of a Close Encounter. Okay. By Stan Mikulak and Chris Rutskowski. Sorry. <laughs> Rutz. Rut- okay. Yep. Well, I'm not going to continue on. No. But, yeah, the son. So. so say the name of the book again. Uh, when they appeared. Okay. Falcon Lake, nineteen sixty-seven. The inside story of a close encounter. You know what I never knew? What is that? There's different levels of encounters. So like, close oh. encounter of the third kind. You know that famous movie. Okay. It's like, what? I don't know. Oh God, this is because you were born in nineteen fucking ninety-one. That's why. Anyway, there's this very famous movie called Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and I never really thought about it other than, you know, and it was, he just saw a spaceship in the movie. Oh, okay. Whereas, like, I guess, and that's what it is, is Close Encounters of the Third Kind is if, like, you see it within a certain area, certain, like, proximity, I think. Okay. And, like, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind is where you actually interact Oh. With the aliens or maybe abducted or something. There's a whole ranking system. Okay. Um, and that's what, you know, close encounters of the third kind means. Uh, okay. Here okay, we go. Sorry. Here's the close encounter scale. Okay. Close encounters of the first kind is an observation of a UFO within 150 yards. Okay. Close encounter of the second kind is a UFO which leaves some sort of physical evidence, broken grass or radiation or the finding of a material of unknown makeup. Okay. So they leave a little chunk of the ship behind or something like that. All right. Close encounters of the third kind is a visual sighting of an occupant or entity associated with the UFO and um, an analysis of an, by Henrik, who I think is the guy who came up with this whole scale, of 650 reports found that only 1% of encounters are close encounters of the third kind. Close encounters of the fourth kind are an abduction of an individual by an alien be an alien being or race. Okay. And close encounters of the fifth kind, a direct contact or communication with alien alien being or race. So I think if they talk through you or something like that, Weird. that's considered the fifth. I guess I wouldn't want the fourth kind then. I don't want to be abducted. Hard pass. I don't want to be abducted. That sounds super scary to me. I mean, if I could see it like a UFO in the sky, I'd be like, oh, wow, cool. But if they're like trying to beam me up or whatever. Yeah, that's going to be a hard pass. Yeah. 
Thank God they wiped my memory. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> what if you found out that you were abducted? See, I... Uh, You're like, I, well, I believe it's happened. Probably. <laughs> it may explain some of the things about me. <laughs> no. No. That's silly. Um, I don't know. It's just very weird. It's just very weird not knowing. I, I'm very, I feel I like know. we're on the verge. Like, uh, yeah, it's going to be unveiled out. soon. Yeah, yeah, right? That's my feeling. I hope so. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely feel like there's something. I mean, there's a bunch of different galaxies out there. I'm like, I are know. we the only ones? Probably not. I don't Probably know. not. Probably not. Ugh. So Ugh. if you're a skeptic, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in the uh, nicest way, of course. Right? No. Go tell Nicholas that. I will tell <laughs> Nicholas that. I'm gonna come with my talking points ready next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. All right, we'll kill. Well, that was a good story. I mean, that we got off on a little bit of a tangent, but that was good. I always love talking about aliens. I do, and... too. Like, ghost, paranormal. Ugh. Gosh, we missed our niche. I, I know. <laughs> Switching. Switching. <laughs> We're switching podcasts now. No. Survivors. Boom. All right. Well, it's just uh... going to be survivors of paranormal from <laughs> yeah. here on out. <laughs> Um, all right, so if you like this episode, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and you can look at our website, which is I should totally be dead right now dot com, and you can actually email us if you'd like to tell us maybe your ghost story or it's like bitch, you got that story all wrong. That's not how it went at all. That's what I'm always scared of. Well, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet, so that's because they're like it's not even worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't put that in. <laughs> Um, uh, so you can email us at I should totally be dead right now at gmail.com and everything is, you know, our title's very long, so sorry about that, but hashtag sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> and then you can see our drink pictures as well. So I do recommend trying it. If you like a Dole Whip, yeah. it's perfect. It's a great summer drink. Oh yeah. You know, just sitting out on your deck in the sun mm. or maybe out on the beach when the beach is reopened. Yeah. At some point. At some point. <laughs> we'll see. All right, cool. Well, then uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. That was fun. Yes, thank you. All right. Oh God, aliens exist. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>